Yeah, next week I am going to be sharing the vision message, and uh, so excited about that. But I, I wanted to share the update of where Kingdom Builders finished. And uh, before I get there, I just wanted to let you know that this is our weekend offering for all of our campuses. They're all watching the same one right now. I just wanted to announce this to the whole church and uh, to celebrate what God's doing. So as we get ready with our tithe and our, our Kingdom Builders for this year, because we're starting over again, I want to celebrate what God did last year. And uh, at the beginning of the year, I said, I wanted to see us hold the gains. Now, it was our biggest year by millions of dollars to go over $10 million the previous year. And I said, let's just hold the gains. Let's not go back to what we used to do. Let's try to get $10 million again. And uh, for those that were listening as we were kind of getting towards the end of the year, on December 18th, we're at $8.4 million. And uh, I was like, okay, you know, nine's going to be pretty good. That's close to holding the gains. And I was kind of just saying that. And Becca's like, oh, ye of little faith, you know. <laughs> and she said, you prayed for 10. You've asked God for 10. We are praying for 10. We're going to 10. And I said, I've been watching the news, listening to this economy and all the other things. I said, yes, I reactivate my faith. And we went uh, and jumped ahead a million dollars that week. And on December 24th, we we're at 9.4 million we shared that with the church on Christmas Eve services. And then we watched as the church went to 9.9 million, 10 million, 10.3, 10.665 million was the final number that we went to. We didn't hold the gains. We went past the gains. Praise God. Unbelievable. And for those of you that are new, like we're clapping for that number, but we're clapping for what that represents because put the ministries up on the screen. There's all sorts of ministries. That means all those ministries were funded. 100 ministries that we committed to, 16 bonus projects we were able to do. And so I don't just see a number there. I see the church being planted in India and in Japan and in difficult and dangerous places where they say, we don't want to hear about Jesus. And we say, we're bringing the gospel there. I see widows and orphans that are being helped. I see the next generation being invested in. I see new campuses starting. Do you understand? That's building his kingdom. And you did it. We started at zero. And um, it just overwhelms me. I just, I have like cried and lost my breath like all week just thinking about what God did. And just it, in, in, in a year that was not as optimistic to go way above and not just hold it, but go past and set a new record for generosity in River Valley. So just had to celebrate that with you on this weekend as we get going in this year. And what a joy, what a joy. And we get to start over at zero again this year and go for a new goal that I'll announce next year. But how many know it's got to be higher than 10.6 million, right? It's got to be higher than that. You'll boo me off the stage. I know you, you know. But I believe God's going to do something special in this year. And, um, and I believe that we want to celebrate, though, and pause for a moment what he did last year. So as we get ready to give at here and at all the campuses, we're all going to give in just a moment. Then I'll go right into the message. So ushers, don't worry. I'll start preaching, and you can receive the offering as as I'm preaching, um, but it's a joy. And I wanted the church to feel this together that we did that. And we thank God for the smallest gift and the largest gift. And we just thank you that you listen to God. So can we just celebrate this and say thank you, God? And I think it'd be very appropriate at all of our campuses for us to stand to our feet if you can, and to stand to our feet and to say, 
thank you, God. And just kind of in this prayer, be saying thank you, being saying thank you, be saying thank you, and, and express your praise to God. He used you to do something incredible. He used your giving to change lives all around the world. What a joy that we get to be a part of that. So God, we say thank you. We say thank you that we could give in this way and be a part of this. What a joy to take care of the needs of the church with the tithe, but also say, we're not just gonna do that. We're gonna go over and above that. We're gonna be kingdom builders. We're gonna give for your glory and for your honor. We're gonna be generous. We're not gonna be stingy. We're not gonna hold back. We're not gonna listen to the news. We're not gonna listen to the naysayers, but we're gonna move forward in faith. And God, thank you for every person that listened and obeyed and, and said, I'm sending this in and giving this. And we say, thank you. Thank you for using us. Who are we that we get to be able to be used like this and that we get to have uh, projects all around the world that we get to celebrate? But we thank you for this and we, we commit that to you. And we say, God, all the ministries that we send that money to, may they be good stewards of it. May it be multiplied. May they be encouraged that the church cares and sends uh, relief and, and finances and, and we're standing with them. And so God, we thank you for that. And now we recommit. We recommit, we're starting over again this year and we'll have a new goal, but we celebrate last year and we anticipate this year. We celebrate and we anticipate and we live with both hands, one saying thank you and one saying there's more where that came from, God. Continue to do it again and again. So to you, all the glory and the honor and the praise as we build your kingdom, in your name we pray, amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's give God a praise one more time. Thank him for all he's done. Praise God. Praise God. You can be seated. What a joy. We have so much to celebrate and so much to anticipate. And as we move into this year, we are anticipating um, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we are getting ready to launch. Yeah, ushers, go ahead. If you're not doing that, all the campuses, go ahead. That's fine to pass the buckets and uh, let people have an opportunity to give. We are leaning into something called 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. And if you're new to our church, uh, several years ago, we started this and joined thousands of other churches that start the new year out by praying and fasting for 21 days. And so I'm gonna explain a little bit of it and then I'm gonna preach on prayer and then on fasting. And uh, I just want you to know that we are going to spend this time praying and fasting over the next 21 days. And for some that are new, like I understand there's even some people that are new, you're like, I have never prayed or I prayed a sinner's prayer at the end of the service and we'll let you have that opportunity again in this service. Um, some of you have never prayed out loud and you're like, I, I don't know all this stuff about prayer. Prayer is just, it's spiritual communication between God and you. And God is not judging the, the vocabulary of your prayer, okay? When you're praying from your heart, it can be so simple. It can be filled with pauses and God is just cheering it on. He wants you to pray and share and communicate with him and then he wants you to listen to him. And so he's not like judging like, yeah, not a lot of big words in that one. No, he's not doing that. He's thrilled that you're spending time speaking with him and listening to him. And so we're going to pray. And we are encouraged by Jesus to pray all the time. In Luke 18, 1, it says, Jesus told his disciples a story about how they should keep on praying and never give up. I just want you to grab that. Keep on praying. Pray. You've been encouraged to pray. 
by Jesus. And he was talking about, in his story, about an unjust judge that wouldn't answer. He's saying, God will answer, but keep praying and don't give up. His disciples were so intrigued by prayer that they're like, teach us to pray, Lord. Teach us to pray. Like, how do we do this? And that's where he gives us the Lord's Prayer. Now, according to Barna Research, 69% of Americans in 2021 said they prayed the previous week. 69% of Americans said, I prayed the week before. Now, that is down because in 1996, it was 83%. 83%. So we've gone from 83% to 69%. But I'm telling you, as for me and my house, we will pray. This house right here, this will be a house of prayer We're going to pray. We're going to encourage prayer. We're going to facilitate you and your children to pray. I mean, we want this place to be a place of prayer. So last year, we had Ask, Seek, Pray, and we had uh, our all-night prayer meeting. And I was sharing this with the pastor the other day. He's like, no, no, no. Did you really do an all-night prayer meeting? I said, yes, we did. Like an all-night. I was like, like all night, all night. And I said, and I assigned the staff that had never been a part of an all night prayer to do 12 to four. He's like, no, you didn't. I said, yes, I did. (laughs) Yes, and it was great. They say the 12 to four hours were the most dynamic. God was doing something, but we had something to build on. But here it is. It's a new year, new prayers. New year, new prayers. It's daily bread. So on our website and on our app, there's all the things that you need. And I want to encourage you to download the app because starting on January 9th and going through the 29th, we are praying together. Each week, there's a different prayer focus. There's praying for our heart and who we are in Christ. Then we're praying for our homes. And then we're praying for the world. I want you to know that there's resources for the kids. If you go right on the website, you'll see or on the app, there's resources for your kids to help them to be able to pray. And there's uh, resources for teenagers. There's an extensive explanation of fasting, and I'll give just a little bit about it. And um, there's also something new for our church this year. Uh, I guess it's probably building on the all-night prayer meeting just and seek week and and just that thing. Like, like we want to just keep adding to this. We're growing as a church. We're getting stronger. And so we felt led that we're going to have a 6 a.m. prayer meeting at every one of our campuses. Okay, so 6 a.m., Monday through Friday, prayer meeting at all the campuses except Maple Grove. I believe there, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Check with your campus pastor on that. And then online is doing noon uh, prayer via Zoom. And some of you are just like, I'm now part of the online campus, 6 a.m., you know, 6 a.m., all right. Now, if you're going to do the 6 a.m. prayer meeting, I just want to encourage you, get an accountability partner. Tell somebody you're going to be, I'll meet you tomorrow at 6 a.m. How many know that minus six is going to tell you to stay in bed? Don't let that keep you in bed. By the way, those that are watching online from other warm places, you're like, is it really minus six in Minnesota? Yes, it is. Visit in June, July, and August. That's the best time, all right? But yeah, we're gonna have this new prayer, and I believe that God's gonna do something. There's something about, and it's at every campus. So all the campus, you just go to your campus and pray. Maybe you say, well, I, I, I could, it would work better for me to drive to that campus, which is right by my workplace. That's fine. One church, multiple locations. Let's do this and let's be a part of this. And towards the end of the 21 days, I believe for most of the campuses on the last day, I think there's a couple that are not on the last day, but on the 29th, there's a night of worship. A couple of campuses are different on that. So check again with your campus. So we are going to pray and we're going to fast. And for many, fasting is less familiar. And so um, I want to just let you know that 
There's many reasons that we fast, and I'll, I'll, I'll talk about those in the message in just a moment, but I want to explain the how or a little bit of how you can fast, okay? We see in the Bible that there's three different types of fasting, three different types. There's the normal fast, the absolute fast, and the partial fast. Okay, what is the normal fast? A normal fast is found in Matthew chapter 4, verse 2. Jesus is doing a normal fast. He's not eating any food. Now, it doesn't say that he didn't drink any water, but it says he didn't eat any food. And it says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 2, it says, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. So he hadn't eaten food. That's a normal fast. And people would do that. Some people just say, I'm going to fast just the food, but I will have water as I uh, am doing the fast. Now, some do an absolute fast. We see that in the Bible as well, where they have no food and no water. We have an account of one for multiple days of no food and no water. In the book of Esther, we have the Jewish people about to be annihilated and wiped out by a, a terrible edict that's coming from the king. And the Bible says that Esther and her uncle uh, talk about fasting. I'll read it for you. In Esther chapter 4, 16, it says, Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I'll go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So it was an absolute fast. She's facing a life and death moment. And she says, no food, no water, three days. Okay, so we have normal fast. We have absolute fast. And then we have partial fast, sometimes also called the Daniel fast. And for those of you, again, that are not familiar, uh, Daniel says this in Daniel chapter 10, verse 3. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. So this is a, a Daniel fast where people say no meat, no bread, no pleasant things, no desserts, and it's very simple eating. It's very basically fruits and vegetables, all right? So it's a very simple, and you can do that for quite an extended time. Now, most in our church, when they participate, they do the normal fast, okay, the normal fast. That was no food, but you can have the water. They do the normal fast, all right? And then they, they add, many in our church add part of a partial fast. Are you tracking with me? You're tracking, they add, so they do a normal, like say, I'm gonna do no food and only water on this day or for these couple of days, but I'm also doing a partial fast of sorts for the whole 21 days. I maybe am giving up desserts, or I'm going to give up a partial fast of something else that is not food, for instance, and I'm going to give that up for 21 days. And uh, some, for some, they would say, like, I'm going to give up um, talk radio. They would say, I'm going to give up entertainment. I'm going to give up TV. I'm going to give up, you know, you understand it. So they give something up. So they do a, a normal fast for certain days, and they do a partial fast throughout the whole time. And um, pastor and medical doctor Martin Lloyd-Jones said this. He said, fasting, if we conceive of it truly, must not be confined to the question of food and drink. Fasting should really be made to include abstinence from anything which is legitimate in and of itself for the sake of some special spiritual purpose. There are many bodily functions which are right and normal and perfectly legitimate, but which for special peculiar reasons in certain circumstances should be, should be controlled. That is fasting. 
So he was saying, like, when you, when you fast something, like that social media or entertainment or something else, you say, I'm going to get rid of it. That's also fasting. It's part of saying, I'm saying no to that to say yes to God. I'm disconnecting from this to connect more to you. Now, in this fast, we're asking people, if they can, to do it on Wednesday, uh, the Wednesdays throughout this time. But uh, please know that we're not legalistic on this. If you're like, Wednesday's my crunch day. Tuesday, I could do it. Please, move it to Tuesday, okay? We want you to hear from God. And if you have medical issues, please talk with your physician about this and then plan accordingly. This is not condemnation. We want you to be involved in this. We want you to be part of this. Now, I do want to say this. Some people are like, I'm going to not eat anything, but I'm only going to drink things, and I'm only going to drink protein drinks all day. You know, like, that's called cheating, okay? I just, you know, whew. Had seven protein drinks. I am starving. No, that was 4,800 calories. You know, like, you didn't fast. Like, you just switched to protein. All right. So, all right. It's okay. Like, some people will do broth. Like, at our church office, what we do on Wednesday, we actually have a thing of, like, chicken broth. Like, it's, like, 10 calories. We have a little thing. It's warm. It gives somebody people warm in the winter when you're fasting. We have, like, a crock pot with chicken broth. We have um, waters, and then we have... Uh, some juice, okay? So we're not trying to be legalistic, but we're saying, hey, during your lunch, you're not gonna go out to lunch. You're gonna spend that time praying and seeking God and and whatever level of liquid, we're trying to make it available to you however you're doing this. Um, I'm asking you that would join us in this, that you pray, that you'd set aside days. You're gonna set a commitment of this this many days. I wanna be there at the 6 a.m. or the 12 o'clock if you're online. Um, set aside those times to pray, download the app, and let's build on this, all right? Let's build on this. this is, we don't have to do this. We get to do this. We get to start our year out like this and, and say, God, we are hungry for more, and I'm hungry for more. I'm looking for God to do something way beyond what he's already done and leaning into this. Now, we're encouraged by Jesus to pray. So let's talk about this. There's about 650 prayers in the Bible. Genesis 4, 26 starts it out. It says, Seth also had a son and named him Enosh. At that time, people began to call on the name of the Lord. That's where we have it, where they started to pray and they started to call on the name of the Lord. The gospels record Jesus praying 25 times. Now, I was like, I thought it would be more than that, but it just records 25 different times that he was praying. The Apostle Paul mentions prayer 41 times. Prayer is all throughout the Bible, and without making this like a a, a lecture or lesson, there's nine different types of prayer. This could be a whole teaching. Nine different types that I found in the Bible. There's the prayer of faith in James chapter 5, 15. There's the pray of agreement or corporate prayer, which we find in Acts chapter 2, 24. There's the prayer of request, which many of us are very familiar with, asking and things like that, Philippians 4, 6. There's the prayer of thanksgiving, Psalms 95, 2 and 3. There's a prayer of worship, which is found in Acts 13. There's a prayer of consecration or dedication found in Matthew 26, 39, which by the way, um, our city campus had a prayer time to dedicate the, the city campus, the new building. It's now 100% ours. It's not co-shared with the people that are doing the events. And uh, I, I just am also feeling this, and so I'll say it out loud, and then everybody can we'll tr- try to figure out. I want our deacons to have a deacon meeting there at the city campus to have a night of worship and prayer 
to dedicate the building as well. I just, I, there's, there's something about dedicating that space in that neighborhood as strategic as it is and as um, spiritual warfare as it is. I just wanna cover that place with a, a prayer of consecration and dedication. There's a prayer of intercession. And by the way, can I thank you, those of you that are intercessors, thank you for interceding and praying on behalf and of the needs. And whenever I get a text, like, been praying for you today, it, I, I, it lifts me up when I see our intercessors. And then here's one. There's a prayer of imprecation. Now, th that is um, calling down judgment. So we don't do that one a lot, okay? Just want you to know. So like, ooh, I didn't know that was in there. <laughs> I got a list. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's found in Psalm 69, for those of you that are wondering. But you're not using it for personal vengeance, okay? You're saying, God, may your name be lifted up. These people are defying you. Like, and I guess in the New Testament, we'd say, may they repent or at the end know that you are God and what they said about you was blasphemous, but God, let them repent. And if that time comes and they don't, may your name be lifted up because you are right and just and holy. And they're, you see what I'm saying? But we're gonna pray for them to repent and get right before that. And then there's praying in the spirit, which I do all the time. Praying in the spirit. These are the different types of prayer. We are going to pray. Now, most of this list is petitionary. Petitionary, we're asking for our needs. We're asking for things. We're asking, matter of fact, the Lord's prayer, if you look at it, is very petitionary. 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 All right. All right. That's a big word. All right. Now, um, don't use that in your prayers, all right? Yeah, yeah. All right. I, here's what I want to do. I thought it'd be fun for us to pray the Lord's Prayer together. So can we do that? Can we all stand at all the campuses and it's going to be on the screen? And uh, I want us to pray the Lord's Prayer together. And we don't pray it a lot at the church. Sometimes we pray it at funerals. And I just have a feeling sometimes when we have funerals and we're bringing in people from other faith expressions, they want to know what type of church we are. Sometimes I'll pray it in the beginning of the funeral to let them know, oh, this is a familiar prayer and they know that. But I love this prayer. I don't want it to be like just out of rote, okay, we're really praying this. And um, this is not like Jesus didn't give us like, this is the word for word. It was more like, this is the content and the categories and the things you should cover in prayer. But it's a beautiful prayer. So it's, it'll be on the screen for uh, us together. Um, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. And amen. You can be seated. Some of you just like the church a lot better now, right? You're just like, praise God. There's lots of petitions in there. Deliverance, provision, there's forgiveness. You, you understand, you're asking for things. Again, we're, we're, we're starting with that, Lord, you're holy, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But then we start asking for things that, that are petitions. But as we ask for things and we have prayers that we pray that are petitions to God, let's not become consumeristic. Let's not be like, okay, God, here I come with my prayer list. It's all about me. You ready for my prayer today? Me, 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 me. Here we go, Lord. Uh, that's not what it is. We are praying 
Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're praying that we'd align. And it's okay to bring what we have to him, but it's also, Lord, form us into your image. What do you want to say to me? There's, there's a two-way exchange that's going on there. And don't miss that there's all those different ways to pray. Now, in prayer, we're moving towards God, and, and we're going to ultimately look like him. One of the words that's used for prayer is a compound word that means towards the desire, towards the desire. And as we pray, we're praying towards the desire. And really, if our desire is God, we're praying towards his desires and we're facing him. And there's something about going in prayer and saying, God, I, I, I need you, I desire you. And I believe this, God wants to bless us. He wants to change us. He wants to sanctify us. He wants to empower us so we can be made into his image. And we get that when we spend time with him in prayer. E.M. Bounds said this, if we really pray, we will become more like God or else we'll quit praying. We should pray. And as we pray, we are facing toward God and we are starting to be changed into his image and it's a beautiful thing. John Calvin had four rules for prayer and I found a modernized version. Um, and I'll give you the four things. It just, it's something good as we get ready to go to the Lord in prayer. Number one is have a heartfelt sense of reverence. Okay, so that's the modernized version. So let me just show you how I modern, you know, I found this version that somebody else had already done. But here's how Calvin said, have a heart and mind framed as becomes those who are entering in to converse with God. Okay, so I, I just wanted to modernize them, all right? You can look up for the way he actually said it. But number one, have a heartfelt sense of reverence. When we go to pray, we should be in awe. He's majestic. He's awesome. He's powerful. He's all-powerful. He's God. So there should be a reverence that's there. And then secondly, have a heartfelt sense of need and repentance. Like, we need him. We need him. And we're coming to him saying, God, we need you. And then there's number three is have a heartfelt sense of humility and trust in God. I was thinking about this. Many times people don't pray because we're so arrogant. And we're like, I got this. I got this. And then finally, when we face something that we don't have, then we're like, oh, God, oh, God. We should be living a life that says, God, I need you. The older I get, the more I realize, like, God is building his church. God is building his church. We are so imperfect at what we do. We try so hard, but without the power of God building his church, this would never work. God is building this church. When I think about people that say yes to Jesus at the end of the service and, and, and give their life to Jesus, like, we'll give that opportunity even today. I think the, the sermon wasn't good enough for somebody to raise their hand. It's the Spirit of God that draws them. God is building his church. And so I'm so grateful. And so when we go to the Lord in prayer, we're humbling ourselves and saying, we need you. Before every service, we're having prayer before every church service because this isn't a performance. This isn't just a gathering. It's not a get together. We need God to build his church. We need his presence. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. And we humble ourselves when we take time to pray and say, God, we need you. He also said, have a heartfelt sense of confident hope. Don't be praying like, well, I, don't know. I hope so. Like, you're God. You're powerful, all powerful. You're majestic. 
You're glorious. I'm bringing these to you in faith and in hope. I, there's a confidence in these prayers that I'm praying. There's an expectation that is filled with faith as I pray this. That's how we go to the Lord in prayer. With that posture, we're gonna pray night and day. We're gonna pray without ceasing. We're gonna pray always. We're going to pray. Now, I wanna touch on fasting real quick because there's so many benefits to this, and I gave like the logistics of it. Um, don't be afraid of fasting. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Like, it's just, for some people, it's like, I don't know, seems a little radical. Jesus said, when you fast. He didn't say, now, if you guys give it a try, you know, he said, when you fast, here's how you should do it. Now, what he said, and I don't have this in my notes, but I just want to share this for a second. He said, when you fast, don't walk around like, fasting today, can't eat, fasting, totally headache, bad attitude, breath as well. Don't do that, all right? Don't do that. He said, you try to be as normal as you can be. You don't let your outward show that you're fasting like that. You just fast, all right? And it's okay, like, if you're at work, I like, it's okay. I used to, like, think, like, people should slip out and be, like, try not to let anybody know they're fasting. But now people are so bold about everything. I'm like, you could just say, like, sorry, guys, not going to lunch today. I'm fasting. I mean, it, it, however you feel led to do it, you could be bold or you could slip out. But I know that, like, people are just so bold with what, what I mean, I just can't believe that they're just out. So, like, I'm going to say, yep, we're fasting, not eating today. Um, so, there's so many benefits from fasting, and I just want to quickly go through these. First of all, fasting is a way to receive the deeper things from God or prepare for something big. I already talked about Esther, but when Esther is facing the annihilation of her people, that's something big. And so there's something critical that is out there. And so they're calling a fast because there's something big coming, and they need a spiritual breakthrough. They need God to show up in a greater way. They need to align with what God wants done. So that's one of the ways in there. Jesus, when he's about to launch his public ministry, fasts, and we have that, that he was led into the desert, and he fasted for 40 days, and, 40, and then he's launching is he's launching into something big when we go into a new season see we've got a vision message next week and something big we're going forward so we're saying god we're leaning into something big we're going into new territory new new levels new devils we're going after it and we're leaning into this and we're asking for this deeper things and prepare for something big another thing is Fasting can help uh, initiate revival and spiritual growth. In Joel chapter 2, the people were away from God, and listen to what this says. It says, even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. Who knows? He may turn and relent and leave behind a blessing, grain offerings and drink offerings for the Lord your God. It's a sign of spiritual, you know, revival of, of repenting. And it's that saying, we're, we're hungry for more. We desire this. Fasting was an outward sign of like, we're serious, God. We're serious about the, the repentance that we've done. 
If you know the story found in the book of Jonah, when Jonah goes and preaches to the people of Nineveh who were evil, wicked people, they hear the message and they say, like we, God, we're sorry. We're sorry for this. And listen to what it says in Jonah chapter three. It says, the Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed. And all of them from the greatest to the least put on sackcloth. When Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth and sat down in the dust. This is the proclamation he issued in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let people or animals, herds or flocks taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let the people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. Listen to what verse 10 says. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. There's something about like, God, we're serious. We're serious. We want this revival. We're repenting. We want to be hungry for you. And there's something about this that God sees as as an outward step that says inside is really, really serious. Fasting can push back or loosen the demonic powers over a situation. In Mark chapter nine, a a, a man with a son who's been tormented since he was a little boy, throws him in the fire, tries to kill him, this demonic spirit. He brings him to the disciples and they can't cast him out. And Jesus is like upset with them that, come on guys, come on. Which as a leader, I kind of like, I I, I don't know, I kind of liked it when I was reading that and our soap reading just recently, I was like, I liked it. I was like, he's disappointed. Like, come on guys, I've, I've been with you. You should know this one. Come on. So, but then he, he casts out the demon of this little boy and sets him free. And they're like, how, 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 how can we can do it? And he says, this kind comes out, but by prayer and fasting. And some early manuscripts don't say fasting, but there's good evidence on that the manuscripts that do say it are more authoritative. And it should say, this kind comes out, not but by prayer and fasting. Now, let me just stop for a moment. When it comes to spiritual warfare, we are living in delegated authority from Jesus. It's his authority. It's in the name of Jesus that you take authority over those things, okay? It's not my name. It's not River Valley's name. It's no one else's. It's his name. And he's saying, I've given you the authority to go out in my name. And when you pray, you humble yourself and you acknowledge, God, everything I'm doing today is in your name and in your authority. It's I I acknowledge that. And you prepare yourself and you get yourself ready for the spiritual battles. And it's just, again, going back to like why we pray at church. Like we don't go into service without praying because we're acknowledging it's, it's delegated authority. Everything we have is your name. It's your authority. And when you're going into spiritual battle, there's a point about being prepared and saying, God, we understand There's nothing in us. It's your name that is powerful. And so we're praying, we're fasting, and we're we're, we're acknowledging you have the authority and you've delegated to us, and it's in your name we do this. And lastly, fasting can lead to receive clear revelation and direction from God. In Acts 13, 2, it says this, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. So they had a worship night with fasting. While they were worshiping at the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. In the midst of the fasting, 
God says, separate these two. I want to send them to the nations. There's a greater mission that's there. And they received clear direction on who to send and what they should do. I think in our 21 days, we should be praying and fasting for our 500. I love to see people say, I will fast for the 500. I'll fast for who's going to be sent out from our church. There are people like, I've been praying like for a number, like, Lord, this year, could we send out this many? Like, we're, we're past the COVID stuff and countries are opening up. Can we get back to sending at an aggressive rate? And I think there'd be something about us praying and fasting for the 500 and saying, God, help us to send more. Help us to go over 200 and start climbing again. There's something that's fasting is powerful for revelation. It gives us victories. It gives us direction, and we need this. And so we're going to fast and pray in 21 days. And, and please, this, we get to do this. We get to do this. I hope that there's an excitement and anticipation on what will God do in 2023. What will he do as we fast and pray? I mean, we desire revival, and, and we are going to go after this. We are going to go after this. I close with one last quote, and then I'm going to ask the campus pastors to come up at all the campuses and close each service out. Give any direction on the 21 days of prayer and fasting that's unique to your campus. Close the service in prayer, and then please give people an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. We just want to be that type of church that lets people have that moment. But this quote by A.W. Tozer, he said, to desire revival and at the same time to neglect prayer and devotion is to wish one way and walk another. Wish one way and walk another. Lord, we desire revival. We desire breakthrough. We desire a new level of generosity this year. We desire to send 500 missions. You understand, we're going to desire and we're going to walk and wish in the same direction. We're going to pray fast, seek his name. We're going to go after it and say, God, for you, this is for your glory and for your honor. I'm believing this year revival, more of God's presence, his power and breakthrough and more in 2023. So here and at all the campuses, campus pastors, this is your turn. Share those directions, pray, and then let people have an opportunity to say yes to Jesus.